if you are located outside of the European Union, the United Kingdom and or Switzerland, then you need an authorized representative. So I have a good news, you have found it with Easy Medical Device. And if you are also in need of an importer in Europe and in Switzerland, then contact us definitely at info at easymedicaldevice.com. I-N-F-O at easymedicaldevice.com and I'm sure we can help you. Welcome to the Medical Device Made Easy Podcast. I am Munir Alazuzi, a medical device expert specialized on quality and regulatory affairs. My mission is to help you learn how to place a compliant medical device on the market. For that, I share with you my experience and the one of others on this podcast. Are you ready for your dose of regulation and standards today? Okay, so let the show begin. Welcome to the Medical Device Made Easy podcast. Here is Munir Lazuzi from easymedicaldevice.com. And today we'll help you to hire somebody from your team, maybe quality and regulatory affairs with no budget. I mean, when we say with no budget, the fact is the fact that, yes, you will pay maybe nothing or really a small amount, but you will have to spend a lot of time. But if you want to do it like that, we can help you for it. And for that, I have with me Mitch Robbins from the Anthony Michael Group, uh, who will help us to yeah give you more uh, about that. So welcome, uh, Mitch, to the Medical Device Made Easy podcast. I appreciate it, Monir. It's great to see you, and uh, I'm honored to be back on your show. Thanks for having me. Thanks for for coming. As said, um, we we have I have looked at. Uh, I mean, I'm I'm following you on on LinkedIn, and I really um, ask people to follow you because you are making really placing really great contents. And um, you had this post about how to hire. If you don't have the budget, if I can say how to, uh, what is the process to hire uh, the quality, I mean, some people's quality and regulatory affairs. And I was really interested that you can discuss about that, if I can say on, the, on this show, because I suppose it will be helping a lot of, of people. But before to start to talk about this topic, can you make a small introduction of yourself? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So uh, like you said, my name is Mitch Robbins. I uh, am the founder and the managing director of a, a search firm uh, in the suburbs of Denver, Colorado, um, where we help medical device, digital health, and diagnostics organizations uh, on the whole across the U.S. Uh, to build high-performing teams, primarily in areas like, like you said, regulatory affairs, uh, quality, and uh, clinical. As far as me, this is my 15th year uh, as a headhunter, and, and this fall, I'm pleased to say that as a business, we're going to celebrate our eighth year, uh, our eighth anniversary. So great. Congratulations for that. So really, I appreciate that. And uh, I know that, uh, yeah, you you were part of the podcast before. So you also provided a lot of advices in terms of recruitment, in terms of LinkedIn, also how to uh, to be um, yeah, showing also some uh, some uh, how to 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 uh, show yourself against on LinkedIn, like some personal branding, etc. So I think, yeah, we will have a, a great episode today talking about uh, about that. Um, as said, you had you you are making some LinkedIn posts and you have a lot of great content. And one of them really caught my attention, which was about this uh, how to hire if you are really struggling to hire because of budget and this and that so here are the tips for you to then work on that um can we talk quickly about why you have made this post and is was there a reason like you had a lot of people saying i don't have budget or yeah so th this post was sparked by just the craziness that is 2023 right um you and i were talking offline it's a very um 
there's extremes happening where there's companies that are doing mass layoffs and they're cutting their HR and, and talent acquisition staff, they're cutting other positions. And then there's other companies who aren't necessarily affected by the, what you see in the macroeconomy news and are hiring like, you know, it was yesterday. Um, and so I thought, I'm like, you know what? There's a lot of companies out there who are tightening their budget, who feel like, hey, we really can't leverage a headhunter right now. We just, we can't. And so I'm like, you know what? If I was in their position, I'd at least want to have some ideas of what I can do that's perhaps non-traditional that they may not know about that can really get them some uh, uh, better and faster results. And that's what, that's what sparked this post. No, I think it's it was great. And as I said, uh, there was a lot of attention. I really recommend people to go uh, to check this post. I placed the, the link on the show notes and to just read and, and check. And there were, there were also a lot of comments uh, uh, on it. So I think it would be a really a great uh, value for, for you. But we'll talk specifically about this post and mainly what you have suggested one by one. So I will just pick each of the items that you have mentioned one by one. And what mm -hmm. I, I want you is just to tell me what you meant, meant by that. What exactly is the effort that people should be doing for, for this kind of thing. And the idea here is that it's not just one or two of them that you should do. It's mainly everything that should be done so that you are, you get a successful, uh, uh, you hire really somebody that is, uh, uh, I mean, you get some success in terms of hiring there. So the first one is to write a job description. I mean, this one seems obvious, but is there some kind of, uh, <laughs> do you have some stories like people are not writing that? So, Really, the premise is that everybody, for the most part, writes a job description, right? And most organizations find a way to promote the job description, whether that be on, only on their website or it's on LinkedIn or it's on job boards, you know? The problem is 99.9% .9 of these job descriptions that I see have no clear value proposition for what's in it for this candidate, right? It's usually, here's a blurb about who, what, who we are as a can, uh, company, Here's uh, some bullet points of what your responsibilities are, and here's everything that we, re we require from you. And more often than not, the requirements are a list of, you know, the absolutes, but then also the desires, right? And it's just chock full of every possible item they can think about. Well, if you're a candidate and you go and you look at job descriptions, let's just take the idea of a regulatory affairs manager, yeah. and you look at five job descriptions, and they all say, You've got to have previous leadership experience. You've got to be a dynamic um, uh, team player who can multitask, who has submission experience with class two medical device. Great. So does the next job description. So what are you doing to, to attract somebody to your organization amongst not only perhaps their current role, but all the sea of competition of companies trying to hire the exact same person. And so the premise of what I put on here was, yes, you want to work uh, write a job description, but you want to write it from the vantage point of the candidate. What are they going to get to work on? What projects are they going to, going to, going to jump in and get to immediately uh, work on? If they are successful in tackling the priorities that you have set forth for this position, what's in it for them? What is the career path potentially look like for them? In this respect, you're casting the vision, right, of what's in it for them. What type of impact will they make um, on the end user? A lot of people are in our industry, Monir, because they have a passion for what the end, what the benefits to the end user, right? Yeah. Um, and so, how does that tie in? How does their job tie specifically to the impact they're making on the end user of the product? And then, as we talk about on the daily, flexibility. What type of flexibility do they have in their job? Are they going to have to be there nine to five? Can they work at, as needed? I don't want to get into those details. The point is, the whole point of the. Um, of what I put about the job descriptions, you have to read it from the reader, reader's vantage point. In this case, 
It's the people that you're trying to attract to your organization, not necessarily what you need from them, but what do you have to offer them? Because you want to at least rope them in to have a conversation, then you can start to qualify. Exactly. And uh, I suppose also that some of the job descriptions that are written, as you mentioned, they are lengthy with a lot of things. And at the end, it's like trying to find the the the. the the diamond, if I can say, on the, yeah. on the, on the crowd, yeah. if I can say so. Mainly at the end, it's not really matching with nearly anybody. So at the end, you can lose time. Some people can be not motivated to apply just because they saw a lot of those things. So it's also something that has to be tailor-made just for this position as the minimum requirements. And maybe you can check the additional, if I can say, uh, skills that these people should have by comparing with me. If you have many people, then you can really decide which one has more skills than the other, maybe on, on what you are looking at. But yeah, having the tailor-made job description um, at a minimum requirements and not <laughs> full stack can be uh, already a, a good thing just to ha attract a lot of people first. And then you can skim uh, all this from uh, after you have made all the interviews. The way I would sum it up is the majority of job descriptions out there are stale and they're stiff. Yeah, They don't have any life to them. They they feel as if it was a must, uh, a must do, like a check box. Yes, we create a job description, right? And you're not necessarily doing anything to bring such a powerful piece of real estate to life and have somebody read it be like, oh my gosh, that's me. Yes, I want to learn more. So that's that's really the important piece. Exactly. The second that you have made is interesting. Uh, which is to have a 30 second or one minute and a half video. Um, what is it exactly? And do you see that often uh, actually with uh, some industries that are doing that? I see it very, very, very little, which is why it's so okay. important to jump on this opportunity, right? Because you're immediately differentiating yourself just by going through the act of, of creating this video. And what I was saying is the video should really be anywhere from 30 seconds to a minute and a half, like you said, ideally from the hiring manager. Hey, you know, my name's so-and-so, here's my background. Here's what we're trying to uh, do with our organization. Here's how you can come in and, and help and make an impact. People want, it's again, it goes back to the no like, and trust factors, right? People want to work or buy from people that they know that they like, and they trust. Same thing with, with when you take a new position. And so the amount of trust and the amount of credibility that you can establish through video is like none other, you know, this firsthand with your own content. And so to bring that to life and to help with the job description, that's why I recommend a video. And what I basically said, I'll just kind of go through the items that I said the video should include is discuss what's in it from the perspective of the candidate. Okay. Uh, discuss maybe your leadership style. Hey, this is what I'm known to do. Um, basically just kind of articulate what type of leader you are in specific terms, not generic terms, right? Um, Saying that you're a servant leader, great. So does that, everybody else says that. What does that mean to you? And how do you demonstrate that in, in your daily uh, leadership life? Um, describing why this role is so important and critical to the business and describing perhaps any leadership accolades related to where you as the leader have been able to mentor and go on to help people get promoted. I think those are the pieces that you can really get across in 30 seconds to a minute and a half to at least say, here's a carrot. Do you want to learn more? 
Exactly. And I, I suppose that when you, and as uh, for me also, it's working like that. When you go to your LinkedIn feed, uh, when you see a video, you can stop uh, just to, to look at that, at it. Um, usually what we are asking also to put the subtitles also there so that at the end, without listening, you can see exactly what is the topic also, because sometimes people are in a meeting and looking at the video, so they cannot make the sound also. So these are also important things, because as you've said, you can differentiate yourself from the others um, and attract more eyeballs. And this is the idea also of attracting more eyeballs. Uh, the pain, if I can say, and it's why recruiters are really important. The pain is maybe that you will attract too many people, if I can say. So then you will have a lot of maybe people that are just coming to see without really having the skills. So there are a lot of filters that have to be done that have, and which is the job of a recruiter mainly to do also this activity. Yeah, so the idea is you wanna have a big pool if you can, right? And hopefully you're going to have some um, qualifiers in what you're looking for to try and help people rule themselves out, which I get. I mean, here's the alternative, Monir. You can post a job description and have a hundred applications from all walks of life anyways. So that piece, but what you said was super critical about drawing more eyeballs to it, right? Just by the simple fact of posting a video, you're getting people's attention because nine, what do you think? 80%, 90% of people are not doing any video. And for those that are maybe daunted by the idea of getting on camera and, and what does that, you know, uh, can I do it from a, a compliance standpoint in my organization? And, you know, what does it mean on the back end? Do I have to edit it? Should I use a green screen? No, we're literally talking about pulling out your phone, exactly. talking like this as if you were talking to a buddy over a beer. That's what people want to see. They don't need corporate speak. You don't need these fancy green screens. And today, to make your life even easier on LinkedIn, they already have auto captions and you can edit them to make sure the, the writing is right. We're literally talking about taking out your phone, recording, and hitting post. That's exactly. it. No, no, exactly. And I suppose here we talk about LinkedIn. If the audience is maybe younger, you can go to the YouTube uh, shorts or to the TikToks or those kind of things. So there is also a lot of opportunity to um, spread the message, not only over LinkedIn, which is a really a professional platform, but as I said, it depends on the audience that you are really targeting. You can also spread that in other uh, media like Facebook also or TikTok or uh, yeah. or YouTube, etc., etc. So this is mainly the, the idea here. Um, in terms of uh, the next one, which is a landing page, mm -hmm. can you tell us more about, for people maybe that don't understand exactly that, what is a landing page? Yeah. Yeah, so one other thing that I... I failed to mention the video is I had put, Hey, make a call to action. It's one thing to create the video, ah, yeah, but true. what do you want the person, what do you want the person to do as a result of watching your video for those interested do X, Y, and Z because people need to be led. They need to be, know exactly what you want them to do. Okay. Tying into the, the landing page. So about six years ago or so, I don't know where this idea came from. I can't really recall how we got this idea. We started creating specific go-to pages for the jobs that we work on. And the whole premise is I want somebody to feel like they're everybody buys based on information, right? Mm -hmm. And there is so much information available on the internet for just about anything. And people want to feel like they're educated before they start to make a buying decision or start talking to a salesperson, right? So the premise was let's give them an opportunity to be warmed up to what we want to talk about. And so we started creating exactly what I just described, 30 second to a minute and a half videos on behalf of our clients, as far as what's in it for the candidate. And the, the landing page for each role is very, very uh, simple. It's the, the title of the role, 
the industry, the location, or if it's remote, the video, a few bullet points that take the highlights from the video in case somebody didn't watch the whole thing, and a call to action, what do we want them to do next? Which is, of course, book a call with us to, to discuss specifics, right? And we have found so much success from this because, um, I mean, I'm giving away the secrets of the trade, right? But nobody's doing it. Maybe there's yeah. more doing it now, but nobody is doing it. And so every time, I can't think of a, a time on a roll where at least one person that we reached out to hasn't said, wow, I love the touch of the video. I haven't seen this before. And it's just a differentiator. And now we're remembered on behalf of our clients and they haven't even learned what the actual you know, specifics of the role are yet. So that's what I suggested is now, not only can you take the video that you just took the time to create and put it on, on LinkedIn right away or social media, but now you can use that on a specific page and drive all your traffic to it. That's what I was referring exactly. to. Exactly. Because when you have the video, the idea is what's next. I mean, uh, what should I do next? And usually we put a link and then they click on the link and then they go to somewhere and then they, yep. they it's like a funnel where they are then going and looking more and more and then they try to get engaged or to to really um, get through the the process for for having an interview and then uh, talking with the with the with the candidate directly. So um, and so yeah. hold on one thing one more thing, Monir. I apologize. You mentioned, hey, what do we do though if we all of a sudden we have so much interest and now you know we have to screen all these people? Well, guess what? That's a great problem to have, but in yeah. but in this process. Maybe the next thing that you want them to do is great. Thanks so much for your interest. Answer these three questions. Exactly. Have you done this? Have you done this? Or have you done the in help to qualify? And then now your recruiter, let's just say the recruiter takes over from there and kind of helps uh, validate or screen who the hiring manager should talk to, right? So all this can be worked into the process, but you're differentiating your search from all the others in the marketplace. No, I think it's a, it's a good point here, as you've said, to have some few questions that people have to answer uh, because I had this process where I'm asking, I'm, I'm trying to hire some people. And then uh, at the end, I received too many candidates. But when I start the first interview, it's like quite scrappy. It's not really uh, at all uh, what I look for. The second one has no qualification at all that we are matching with the with the, with the, the job description, etc. So at the end, it's like starting to demotivate because... Uh, uh, what's this process? But having yeah, this also this additional step where you ask, answer those three questions, and just by reading the question, uh, the answers, you say, oh yeah, this one is great, or this one answered correctly, or really understand what we talk about. This can really help you to already remove half maybe of your list and really focus on the ones that are really uh, yeah great for this uh, for for this uh, this job. Exactly. Um, exactly. Then you talk also the next point is talking about the target list of possible candidates. So what is mm -hmm. that? So I always kind of joke tongue in cheek that there are no proprietary databases, really. Yeah. We all have access to the exact same people. It's called LinkedIn. I would venture to say in our industry, Monir, that there's greater than, what do you think, 95% of people have a profile on LinkedIn yeah. in our industry. Yeah. Let's just say it's 90%, okay? 90% of your marketplace is in one spot. They're right there. And so by the power of filters, especially, you know, if you use the back end of LinkedIn called uh, LinkedIn Sales Navigator, which most organizations either use Sales Navigator or they have a recruiter license, you can very easily target a specific list and find and gather a market map of how many people based on the criteria that we're utilizing can do this job. And that's what I was saying is you want to create a market map. So now you've got your assets 
we like to call it in, in marketing world, right? Your assets are the video, your assets are the landing page, your assets are the job description. What are we going to do with this to get it in front of the people that we ideally are trying to attract? And that's where building the, the actual target list uh, comes into huge play. Hey, just a second. Do you need an EU, Swiss, or UK representative? Then choose Easy Medical Device. We can represent you and also become your importer. Contact us at eo at easymedicaldevice.com. And um, with this target list, the idea is mainly to contact each of the person one by one and ask them, or what is exactly the objective then? Yeah, so most organizations have a reactive hiring approach okay. in all shapes and uh, basically the entire spectrum of what that word means. It means, oh boy, somebody just left. We got to get a job description up and start hiring right away. Or we're going to post it in as many places as possible. It's called the post and pray, right? Yeah. Post it out there as many places as you can, hoping that the right person drops in your lap. This is combining all of the stuff that you're used to, but now saying you have to have a proactive approach. You've done all the hard work as far as the messaging. Now let's be proactive and actually get it in front of the right people. And that, yes, that's where the proactive reach out comes into play. And I'll be the first one to tell you, it's a ton of work. But we're talking about if you don't have the budget to do something and you want to get the maximum results from your efforts, you got you to gotta do the work some way, right? Either the work of paying somebody or the work of doing it yourself. Exactly. No, and uh, yeah, it's it's right that yeah, at a certain point you have to be in front of the person. And if you see really somebody that is really matching with all your requirements, just asking, oh, are you open for a position? Is it okay for you? Uh, can can you consider this position? Etc. Can be already a great thing. But yeah, as you said, it's time consuming, but uh, it's something that uh, you'll have uh, you'll have to do. Um, and as, the, and a simple messaging track for that is if they feel uncomfortable, like oh, this person's gainfully employed, we're not used to doing this, they're coming to us. You can have a very um, um, direct message, but that is not, that takes the edges off. Hey, Monir, you've got a great background. I've noticed this and this. I'm not assuming you're unhappy or actively looking by any means. We're excited about the opportunity that we have available. I wanted to drop this link for you with a video that we've created. Check it out. If you have any interest in exploring further, kindly let us know. Exactly. I mean, it's great because I click just on the, on the, on the, on the link. I will see the page with all the information, the video. I'm attracted. It's good. I'm not attracted, and um, I'm I'm leaving. Exactly. So it's not uh, not really, it's it's really then helping also you to avoid also to spend a lot of time to discuss with candidates that may or try to uh, to discuss with candidates that are not interested at all uh, from from the beginning. Um, the next one is also interesting, but it assumes that you have Pak and Sam made some kind of homework before, which is to check the previous talent that you have been engaged with before so maybe you had already a list of some or some cvs that you had received on previous roles so there is two cases or you have throw throw them away so it's like uh, yeah they, they are not existing anymore or yep. you have stored them somewhere in the case maybe you need those guys in the future i suppose is, that, is it correct so if you're listening to this please please i don't care if it's excel sheets at this point or a bona fide you know huge Cadillac of uh, applicant tracking systems have a way to track, to be able to recall data. Okay. I can't tell you how many organizations uh, perhaps this, the job was open a year and a half ago or two years ago, and you had runner ups to it that you really liked, but you chose a different selection. didn't work out. Wouldn't it be awesome to be able to quickly recall the information who's already warmed up to our organization. Who were we already warmed up to and reach out to them right away and say, Hey, you won't believe this. We're back on this track. I don't know what you're up to, but is there any um, possibility you'd be open to re-engaging in conversation? 
you are going back to leads that were warm and making them hopefully hot right then and there before you do anything else. That would be almost one of your first steps to do is go back to the people that were previously interested or qualified for the role. Exactly. And uh, this is an easy catch, if I can say. It's something that really you can go quickly, easy, and uh, maybe it will not, you'll, 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 if I can say, not invest too much time then to hire yes. people. Maybe it's the first one that should be done before even doing uh, the videos and everything. So this should be one of yes. the first step. Uh, then you see if there are already some people that, as you are, you have said, that are still really interested by some, some position with you. Um, and that's one of the first things a headhunter does, right? A headhunter yep. is constantly talking to people in the marketplace, constantly updating their notes as to what's going on in that person's life and what their aspirations are. And so anytime a relevant job comes up, what do you think we do first? We go to the people that we know and that we think would be a great match because we're constantly recalling the data that we're keeping track of. Absolutely. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, the next one is also interesting is to contact five trusted colleagues. What is that? So... I'm sure you see this just as much as I do. How many posts do you see on a regular basis that says Sally is hiring, great opportunity, yeah, yeah, or true. we're hiring, check this out? What? How, why would that stop somebody in their feed when they've got probably a half a second to decide if they're interested or not? And when everybody, again, just like the job description example, why would, why would somebody feel compelled to click on your button because you say Sally's hiring? And so the whole point of this was to contact five trusted colleagues in the industry that know you well and, um, and ask them to help put out the word about the opportunity, but in, a, in this way, okay? So you wanna give your colleagues all the information, all the work that you just did, the video, perhaps the, the landing page you link, um, so that they have something tangible to share. And then um, those people are not just going to post it, but they're gonna say something personal about you. Hey, George is a great leader because this, this, and this. George helped me actually uh, get promoted because of this, this, and this. I highly recommend you checking out this opportunity because of A, B, and C. It's got some credibility, some validity, and now people are intrigued to actually learn more because there's something tangible that they want to go check out. And, and it's interesting what you're saying because, yeah, I see sometimes some random posts of people saying, we are hiring, we are hiring. I'm not really looking at that at all. But when it comes from one of my contacts, I know... And I read, I say, oh, yeah, let me check exactly what he's saying because I know this person. So apparently yeah. if he's promoting this kind of content or information, it means that it's really valuable. And then I will be maybe interesting to read that. When, if it was the, maybe the original person that was, which I don't know at all, that was publishing that, maybe I will not notice that or look at that at all. So yeah, having yeah. really, using also the fact that there is a network and maybe somebody knows somebody that knows somebody can be also a good uh, a good strategy for 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 people then to reach more people and also trusted through trusted uh, networks or through trusted pe pe people that are really sharing this information not only that but you could one thing i failed to put on the post is that person who you're asking for help can also say hey for those interested i'm happy to make the introduction okay okay what if i know you and i i'm uh, very tight in with you. We've got great rapport. I'm like, wow, this is an amazing opportunity. And you know this guy, I'd love to learn more. Well, now you're going to help introduce me. That's a win-win-win across the board. You're providing goodwill to your network, which in turn always comes back to you, right? But you're helping the job poster. The job poster is going to now talk to somebody who's highly qualified and has a stamp from you. And the, the person who is getting introduced has a direct line to the person making decisions. It's a win-win-win. Exactly. Yeah. No, I think it's a really a, a great, a great one. Uh, the next one is job post 
on LinkedIn. So first, uh, this is the one that maybe people will say, yeah, but it will cost me money to do that. Is it true that it costs money to job to post a job on LinkedIn? So I want to clarify two things and I'll answer your first question. Um, more often than not, it does. However, if you've got a subscription to any, pretty much I think any of LinkedIn's premium services that I mentioned earlier, Sales Navigator, LinkedIn Recruiter, um, you usually get a slot or a few slots depending on your subscription, okay? And you should always be using those. It, regardless, you should always be branding your organization as far as opportunities, even if it's, um, you know, you're transparent, hey, we are constantly, we are in growth mode right now. We're constantly hiring. Here's what's going on in our business. If you're interested in possible opportunities, please reach out, right? But the premise of this piece was not necessarily the formal job post, but going back to what we just said about asking trusted colleagues for help. Too often, I also see that there's peers or there's colleagues internally who are sharing the exact same thing. Sally's hiring, great organization or great opportunity. She's great, reach out. And the whole idea behind what I said was, you want the person to take the time to write a short blurb about why this hiring manager is great. What about them? What should we know about them from your vantage point? Um, why, why does that person that's helping uh, uh, promote the position love working at that organization themselves? Um, how this person will that they're trying to hire is actually going to be a collaborative partner to the person sharing the information. So for example, the director of marketing is helping the director of finance um, you know, uh, hire a finance manager by sharing it. Hey, from my perspective as the director of marketing, here's how I see us collaborating, right? Now you're building that intimacy and they're right. getting to know a little bit more. And then every time uh, these colleagues internally post it, you're also sharing that link back to the page. Yeah. So the whole point is that you are really going the extra mile to make this as personalized as possible and not generic like everybody else. You're going against the grain. And just by doing that, you're going to stand out and have more eyeballs on it. Yeah, exactly. And when we we post, uh, just maybe for people that um, want to understand more LinkedIn, we have three way of posting. You have the personal uh, profile where you post on your personal profile. If you have your company there, you can also post mm -hmm. on your company page. And you, if you are part of some groups, then you can also post on the different groups also. So there are a lot of ways, if I can say, to post that. Or if your company has a newsletter and people are subscribing to it, then you can post it yeah. on your newsletter. So yeah, there are many strategies on LinkedIn that can be also um, used to um, to make this happen also for more eyeballs to, to be reached also. Um, the last one, maybe is the most difficult one I see, but uh, maybe you'll tell us, is about uh, to host a webinar. So can we maybe look at that and see how people can do that when, as you've said, maybe they are not really used to those kind of, uh, of, of medium? Definitely. So this is really outside of the box and, and creative. But the premise behind this is that just like we've talked about throughout the show, when you put up postings, you get all walks of life thinking that they're qualified for the job. And then you've got the screening process that happens. This webinar, hosting this webinar, um, I, uh, strategy is has the idea in mind that if you are, let's just say um, there's something going on in regulatory affairs that's impacting the majority of the marketplace and you're an expert in that space and everybody else in the marketplace is dealing with that and you host a webinar about that topic, giving out insights that, to help them in their jobs, who do you think is going to show up? Qualified people that you're exactly. actually trying to attract to your job, but you're giving them value simultaneously. 
So is everybody going to be interested in your job? No. Are you providing a ton of goodwill to the market and branding your organization as somebody who gives back and somebody who is an expert as a whole because they're associating you with your company? 100%. But guess what? Now you've got a platform in front of your target audience. Forget the screening. You've got people there that are qualified. So at the end, after you've given the value, hey, as a side note, we're so proud to say that we are growing rapidly. As a matter of fact, on my specific team, I'm hiring a manager. Manager going to do this, this, and this. That wasn't the premise of today's show. But if you're interested in learning more, I'm going to provide my contact info at, at the end of the show. Exactly. What better way to, to attract people? So that was the premise of, of hosting something like that. No, I think it's a great strategy and uh, yeah, providing value to people and then at the same time uh, informing them about the fact that uh, they can come and work with you also for uh, within your company is, is also a great, uh, great one. Um, I suppose, uh, yeah, people have to understand how uh, to post that, how to do that, etc. But you have now on LinkedIn also the LinkedIn Lives, uh, yes. which uh, you can use. Uh, with great, uh, great idea, yeah. Where, where you can directly uh, uh, promote to the people that are also within your organization. So you just uh, make a live happen, and then everybody that is on your organization will receive a notification saying that you are going live. The best thing, because I'm also doing lives on uh, on LinkedIn, is to inform maybe one or two days in advance to say we'll have a live at that moment about this and that, and then people yep. can regi register already so that they can attend. Uh, because yeah, the idea is also to attract as many people. As, as possible that are already uh, yeah, qualified for the topic that you will be talking uh, during the webinar. Um, okay, no, I think it's, I mean, he recovered everything. Uh, as I said, if with this strategy, you are not hiring somebody, it's really that there is really a problem because these are really great, uh, great uh, strategies, great uh, activities, great actions that you, you can put in place. And if you do everything, um, it can be, maybe for one job, but it can be also a routine or that you are putting also in place within your company to, as we said, to brand also your company on the different platforms. And each time there is somebody that you are trying to hire, maybe using one of the posts, one of the webinars, one of the video, one of the things, et cetera, can be a good strategy because people know that if you are releasing this kind of video, it means that mainly there is maybe a, a great position or so that, uh, that, is, uh, that, that they can uh, apply for. Um, anything else from your side? Yeah, I guess I would just say two things. So nothing worth, any, nothing worth something is easy. It just isn't. If you look across our lives, personally and professionally, nothing worth something and that is gratifying, it was easy to get to, right? And so, yes, this is a ton of work. Hiring, though, is really truly a team sport. So if you're listening and you're a hiring manager or you know, you're thinking about the collaboration internally of who helps with hiring, you've got to be involved. You can't expect your human resources or your talent acquisition partner to be solely responsible for just putting people in front of you on a silver plate. You've got to proactively get out there because the more proactive you are, the higher quality of, of talent that's going to show up. Okay. So that's one thing. And then the other thing you said, hey, maybe we could use this as a strategy for one position, or maybe we can use it across. If you can build, if you can go through the pain of doing this, and maybe you just take a couple of these strategies, but you build a process and that process can then be scaled across your organization. How much better is your hiring process going to be six months from now? Exactly. So, yeah. No, I think it's uh, it's really great. And uh, I, I suppose that uh, this will be helping a lot of people. Maybe we, I hope we'll see more videos where people are, are, are sharing some, some positions. Um, 
so uh, Mitch, uh, your organization, as I say, you are a recruiter, so you, you can help also people to recruit um, within certain positions. Um, can people also contact you to maybe put in place some of those strategies for their companies or this kind of thing? Yeah, 100%. I would say that um, if anybody has any more detailed questions about what we've shared today, I'm more than happy to answer and help set you on the right path. Um, of course, if you if you are looking for a partner, a uh, shameless plug, you know, we're happy to uh, to be of assistance and see if um, it makes sense to work together as far as actually being a partner to you to bring in talent. Absolutely. Exactly. And I will put all the information on the show notes. I will also put the LinkedIn post that we, we talked about today on the show notes and uh, the, the, the LinkedIn profile of Mitch, if you want to go check also uh, the profile. Mitch, you have also a podcast. So what, what exactly you are talking? Uh, I mean, what, who, who, who should listen to your podcast mainly? I appreciate that. Yeah, thank you um, for the opportunity to talk about it. So it's, it's called the MedTech Talent Lab. And the premise is all things talent within uh, the MedTech industry. And so if you hire people, if you are um, uh, a motivated uh, professional who's looking to continually enhance or advance your career, if you're an HR talent acquisition professional looking for various strategies from your peers, we've got probably over 82 episodes, I think, recorded. You could check it out on pretty much any major podcast platform where you consume that content. I've had a, a, uh, the privilege of interviewing a ton of different leaders from across the industry on a ton of different topics. But simultaneously on Thursdays at 11 o'clock Pacific, two o'clock Eastern, we run a live show, like you said, on LinkedIn, where exactly. um, a core group of us on a weekly basis show up with a, a new topic each week. Exactly. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I, you see, I, I receive those notifications of those live and each time I come, I try to put a like or to listen exactly about the topic. But yeah, I think you have a great team also with Adam that is uh, helping uh, on, on this there. Uh, as I said, I put everything on the show notes so uh, people, you can go directly to look at that. Uh, if you need any support for putting in place your organization with uh, maybe a hiring process, maybe you are a startup and you are needing some support. So don't hesitate to contact also Amit Robbins and if you need to hire anybody then Mitch is also a person that can help you to uh, uh, to try to find the, the right candidates so Mitch thanks you thank you for for all the information thank you for also all the content that you are providing and I wish you a nice day likewise it's an honor and privilege thanks so much for having me thank you Bye. thanks for listening so if you like this episode please provide a review on the platform where you are listening to it and also don't forget to share it with your colleagues thank you very much